You're listening to the official Ankeny Community School District podcast, We Are Ankeny, where we're sparking conversations about all things Ankeny schools. I'm so glad you joined us today on our podcast. I'm here today with two, I'm sorry, three great, great guests, two Ankeny school counselors to talk about middle school transitions and our executive director of secondary schools. Before we're uh, done today, before we're done today, we'll talk about how our students are preparing to move from seventh to eighth grade and how our ninth graders are, pre- are preparing for their transition into high school. Joining us today is Nicole Wee. Nicole has been a school counselor with Ankeny Schools since 2004. She's been both a hawk and a jaguar. Is there a sound that goes with either one that you can make, Nicole? Rawr. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. She's worked at the high school and middle school levels. She's currently a counselor at Southview Middle School and says she really enjoys the energy of middle school students. Returning to the show is Ankeny Centennial High School counselor Ashley Wilson. Ashley has been a counselor for 13 years now. She is finishing her 10th year in the district. Prior to Centennial, she was the elementary counselor at Westwood for five years. Ashley is currently in the process of working with her seniors to confirm graduation credits while also preparing for the next group of 10th graders to enter her building in the fall. Also returning and joining us today is Bev Kuhn. Bev has more than 25 years invested in the Ankeny School Community District. She started as a high school science teacher and has spent the last 20 years as an administrator supporting both Parkview and Northview Middle Schools. She is now the executive director of secondary education, working, um, supporting principals in our middle and high schools. Welcome, Bev. Thank you. Welcome, uh, Nicole. And welcome, Ashley. Thank you. I think Nicole has a little stage fright. What do you think? A little bit. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you engaged, though. All though. right. Okay, so, Bev, let's start with you. Um, we're talking about transitions mm-hmm. um, in our middle schools, but then also from middle to high school. And we all know, uh, as a, well, I know as a parent um, and as a former principal, uh, we have parents that are really engaged in our elementary schools. And then um, our parents are also very engaged um, in the high schools because they're looking forward to those the, their children graduating and moving on to um, great great things, but when we look at our middle school students, uh, sometimes they 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 are they are literally the middle child, mm-hmm. you know. And so, what do our parents need to know about middle school and that middle school experience that um, could that they can propel them mm-hmm. to be um, even better students and citizens um, in, in our city? Sure. So I think. One of the fascinating things about middle school is your middle schooler needs you as a parent, and yet sometimes they communicate things that make you wonder (laughs) if if they need you. Um, And so when we really think about supporting middle school students, they're going through so many changes during this time frame in their lives, and so there are lots of ups and lots of downs in that. But um, I think the constant there, right, is that they need the support and structure, and they need you to kind of walk alongside them. They want to do some things on their own. They want to kind of um, step into the person that they're becoming, and they need that parental support, but they need it kind of to walk alongside them in that journey to kind of um, give them opportunities for their voice to um, kind of probe their thinking and hear, hear life through their eyes. Um, versus in elementary school, we do a lot of um, uh, kind of direct 
you know, coaching of our children. We give them lots of direct guidance. Um, and in high school, we're really trying to get them moving forward and that, that strong independence for being a, an adult in the workforce or in their college or post-secondary aspirations. But really in middle school, it's that balance of helping them develop them themselves, uh, giving uh, opportunity for voice, but walking alongside them because they definitely need that support. And so engaging your student through that middle, middle school experience is really staying with them, walking alongside them on the days where they're very willing to talk to you about their life experiences and on the days when they're not. And so obviously transitioning from fifth to sixth grade, um, there are just some structural differences in the middle school that allows students to gain um, and experience uh, a little bit more um, independence, Mm -hmm. um, exercise um, a lot more responsibility, um, not only for how they're interacting with their peers, but then how they're interacting with teachers and the content in the school. And so what does that independence look like in the middle school that might be different from uh, the elementary school? I think managing their time and managing their day is the biggest adjustment for students. Um, they are they are more uh, directly responsible for kind of taking uh, the flow of their day, knowing where they're going, knowing how to manage their time, how to like coordinate all the different classes that they're taking, um, which is a, a definitely a transition from elementary where they have that primary classroom teacher who really knows the flow of their entire day. But as a middle schooler, your teacher knows their segment of your day where the student then really has to step into managing their time, managing their school day, managing their activities outside of school and kind of coordinating their school life. Absolutely. And so Nicole and Ashley, um, we have representation from our middle and high school. So this question is going to be for both of you. And uh, looking to next year, you'll be accepting you know, new students in, on, onto your campuses. And so what's one thing, and I'll start with you, Nicole, mm-hmm. what's one thing you want parents to know about sending their seventh grader to eighth grade and about... Um, supporting them and making sure that they have a really good experience next year? Uh, It's hard to say one thing, um, but we do have structures in place. We have a team concept in place that will help students adapt and um, know that there's a set group of teachers and their core teachers that are looking out for them and will be reaching out to families as they see fit. And for for families to really get to know who their teachers are and to take advantage of um, all the events that we host as a school, whether for back to school night and conferences to um, come join us and learn from us and um, really to have that idea that you're learning along with your student mm-hmm. about the middle school. So not one thing, but. Right. And so, Ashley, what about you? So um, you'll, you'll be receiving new sophomores. And so, you know, what, what is something that you want parents to know about? what to expect and what should they know about sending their children uh, to the high school? Yeah, I I will echo a lot of things that Nicole said. I think it's a lot about um, taking opportunities to meet your students' teachers, um, but also know that your student is going to get a little bit more freedom. Mm. But with that freedom comes responsibility. And so just kind of talking with your student about, hey, you're going to have some opportunities and how can you... uh, 
progress through those and how can you manage those? And then just the the other opportunities with athletics and plays and show choir and all of those things. How can you again manage your time? Right. You might have all of these new things going on in your life and what does that look like? And some of our sophomores are driving and wow. right. <laughs> so just being able to have those conversations and talk with your students and prepare them, front load all that information yeah. for them. And so Bev shared um when children are transitioning from fifth to sixth grade, the, the, the idea that managing their time is really important. They're getting um, a, a taste of independence um, in an educational setting. And you talked a little bit about it, but you know, when our children are transitioning from ninth grade to 10th grade, you know, what does that independence look like? What does that time management look like? Um, at the high school level that you would want parents to know about? Yeah, I think that they have some more options when it comes to the classes that they take. Uh, Sophomores, it's their first opportunity to take an AP course. So that's an advanced placement course, which is college level course. So there might be some homework that happens outside of class where maybe they haven't experienced that before. Or um, being able to, we have a, a coffee shop at Centennial. I know Ankeny High School has one as well. And so is your student spending all of their money on cookies in the morning? Yeah, and so just being able to to have that conversation about that independence and and recognizing how to manage it and make good choices for yourself as you continue to grow. Absolutely. Nicole, um, in Ankeny, and you've been here, uh, one of our veteran counselors, um, the expectations that we have high expectations for how our students perform in the classroom, on the field, um, um, in the different um, fine arts activities that they that we have here in our district. Um, what advice would you give parents um, um, that have children transitioning into the middle school um, about how they might um, support their their child differently or in, or in an enhanced way that might look different from how they supported them in elementary school? Um, I think that with the, all the activities and opportunities they have, they really need to look out for balance in their students' lives. So just because we have a lot that we can do doesn't mean we should do Mm. everything. Yet eighth grade is that one chance where they can try every sport. And we encourage that. We we have choir and band available. They can try show choir um, without really having to try out and having a high pressure situation. And a lot of our students enjoy that, but at the same time, they have to balance their academics. So whether that means supporting them with designating time at home that is electronic free to studying, to monitoring their grades and having those conversations with them about their overall performance and their mental health and how they're holding up under that amount of, of time being structured and busy would be super important. Ashley, same question. How would you, what advice would you give parents around how they might support their children at the high school level? Yes, absolutely. That balance is so key. Uh, Again, you get to high school and you have all these opportunities to earn DMAT credit and take advanced placement courses. And like Nicole said, just because you can doesn't mean you should do it all at once. Um, And so being able to, you know, students are getting jobs and driving and, and practices are going for longer. And so being able to say, I want to take this class, but maybe I'll wait to take it another year. Or like uh, Nicole said, having a designated time that students are working on schoolwork, electronic free if possible, Mm -hmm. um, and just setting up those good habits both during the school day and then outside of school too. And so Bev, I've heard the the word balance Mm -hmm. um, twice now. And so um, as a a, um, former middle school administrator, 
Um, and then just thinking about the, the number of activities and options that mm -hmm. our students have in the district, um, how might parents support um, ensuring that um, the stress level of their child doesn't get to a point of frustration mm -hmm. and breakdown. Yes. So I think this is an, a great opportunity for, again, a parent to be walking alongside their student. Um, our kids oftentimes are very um, able to kind of focus on the day ahead of them, but they might not be thinking what's coming up two days from now or a week from now or in the month ahead. And so part of that balance, part of minimizing the stress is really helping your student, your child, like think ahead Right. And if they think ahead, they can kind of plan things out. They can map things out. Oftentimes when students and parents have a plan, they feel more confident. That helps with the stress. But it also allows them to say no to something. Mm. Right. So when they look ahead and they kind of plan out, like, I've got a big test coming up. Um, it's competition week for the, you know, um, activity I'm in. I also have these things outside of school. Like, gosh, this is a week or this is a month where I know I need to say no to some things. Mm. And so planning ahead, our kids are great about being active, being involved. I think that's a growth area, whether they're a middle schooler or a high schooler, is planning ahead, which can help with the balance. It can help with what things should I say yes to, what things should I say no to. And also, I think a parent can support by um, encouraging kids to do the things that really align with who they are, mm. right? So sometimes I might want to do something because I have great friends who are in that activity or because, you know, it's it's the up-and-coming thing. But parent, as a parent, helping your child know what really is a great match for them, what's going to show their strengths, what's going to kind of feel them and energize them helps with the balance and stress as well. Absolutely. And so a lot of those the academic and activity stressors um, that parents can, um, like, I, I really appreciate what you said, walk side by side with their, their child as they're navigating middle school. And so, Nicole, can you talk about the stressor around, um, with being in middle school, um, our kids have access to, to more students um, and have access to more student groups that they can um, um, participate in. And so how, uh, what advice might you give parents around how uh, they might help their child navigate those friend groups and the stresses that come with social media and activities and everything that having a, a larger group of friends might bring in middle school? I, my first advice to parents would be to really be listeners first. Mm -hmm. I think that we've all been through this. When we walk as an adult, we haven't been around a school for a while, maybe, and we come in, we see the lockers and the cafeteria, and we the structure is still, you know, first, second, third, fourth periods. Then that, as adults, gives us the idea that we know, that we know their experience. And while everything looks similar, it's very different world in terms of social media, how we use technology, how we learn and what instruction is like. And so parents really need to listen and learn from their students and hearing out what's going on. I, too often we're quick to jump in and give advice and based upon our previous experiences. 
it's just human nature, but it's a different world. So if parents would listen to what's really going on and dive into what that social media looks like, what that friend group structure is, they can probably help that student move along further than just simply jumping in and giving advice. And so middle school is its own environment, and then you move and transition to high school, um, Ashley. What advice would you give parents for how they might help their child deal with um, not only the academic stresses and some of the um, activities, um, stress stressors that they may experience, but um, how to navigate you know, those friend groups and technology and social media. What is it? How is it different from middle school and um, how my parents um, engage their child? Yeah, I love what Nicole said. It's just such some really great advice that I think is very similar to, to high school students. I think that independence, they're probably less willing to share and talk with their parents about what's going on at school or with friend groups, which is normal. Mm. You're, if your child is not sharing with you, if your student isn't sharing with you, that doesn't make you different or unlike others. But um, I think just listening and, and letting your student know that what you share with me you know, I'm going to be here to support you. Um, and also like asking questions and if they're not ready to answer them, that's okay. Um, and, and just being willing to, uh, reach out if necessary. I think there are some times where it's okay for a parent to say like, Hey, I, I would like to, to step in here. Is that okay? Yeah. And, and asking your student first. And so thank you. Great, great advice. Um, I, I recently, as of today, had the opportunity to do some interviews um, of fifth graders for BizTown. And so before I go into those interviews, interview questions, I, t- I typically try to loosen the, the students up because they're, they're very nervous. And so I, I talk to them about uh, their expectations uh, for going to sixth grade. Um, and some of the apprehensions that they may have. And so, Nicole, can you can you talk about how our schools prepare over the summer to receive new students? And is there a structure for how our middle schools um, structure activities to help orientate students to the, this new environment? Well, I would say that we really start in March or end of February with that transition for our 7th to 8th graders. So we, uh, as counselors, went over, spent a day, um, talked about courses, middle school. We brought some of our student leaders over, and um, they had a question and answer session with the students, the 7th graders. We asked them for questions before we went, so we had some guiding um, ideas to to present to them, but they had a lot of great questions. And I think seeing a face from our building along with future students that will be in the hallways was was really important. And then we talked about courses and opportunities. So we started there. And then as the summer goes on, we'll be planning their schedules and there will be some, um, probably some camps and activities that they can sign up for to start coming in the buildings. And then our We'll have a day in the fall where before school starts that they can come in, walk their schedule, get a feel for the building. And then our first few days of school will be dedicated toward orienting them to the expectations and the purposes and what we do at Southview and how we live life there. Um, And then, Bev, um, for our, our kids transitioning from fifth to sixth grade, I, I believe the the process is very similar to the tra- from the transition from 
seventh to eighth grade. Yeah, grade. absolutely. The teams from the sixth and seventh uh, grade middle schools have been making visits to elementary schools. They've had some of their students at elementary schools. They've had parent meetings. They'll have some uh, some opportunities. Both of our six seven buildings have a like late summer before the start of school opportunity uh, for students and families. And then again, right, we know that creating that smooth transition uh, just lends itself to a great school year. And so the first, really the first week, there's a lot. And then it kind of um, periodically throughout the year, kind of looping back to some of those things to make sure that kids are comfortable. And, you know, the unknown is the biggest part of the worry. And once they are familiar, the unknown is no longer unknown and the comfort level starts um, setting in. And so, Ashley, for our parents that have freshmen transitioning to the high schools, uh, what structures are in place to help with that transition? Yeah, so one of the big things is, I think, navigating your schedule mm. and knowing where your classes are is often the, the biggest worry for those sophomores. And so before school starts, we have that open house period where students can come in and walk their schedule. Um, their teachers are typically in their rooms getting ready for them. And so just being able to see that person, if they want a locker, signing up for one, kind of getting all of that initial before school stuff taken care of. And I think just getting into the building is helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, Some of them may have been there before for a sporting event or an older sibling, but yeah, just being able to walk your schedule. And then the first few days really are dedicated to our sophomores. Like again, learning about expectations. How do I get through the cafeteria? Um, What does passing period look like? And just learning about all of the amazing opportunities that they have at Centennial um, and building that culture. So they, they're a JAG. They're ready to be part of our, our crew and live our creed. One of the, questions or or conversations that I engage in with parents at the elementary level um, about transitioning from uh, elementary to our 6th, 7th building, and then even with um, uh, the other transitions from 7th to 8th grade and ninth to 10th grade is that um, our teachers and administrators do a really good job of forming relationships early on at that elementary Mm -hmm. level. And especially um, for some of our students that may have an IEP or a 504 plan or special health considerations, and they worry that uh, the relationships that they were able to form early on in their child's um, educational career aren't extended to the middle school or even to the high school. And so, um, um, Bev, can you talk about what's done uh, from that elementary to um, six seven transition to ensure that the the teachers counselors administrators are aware of some of um, educational um, uh, needs uh, or health needs that a child may have sure so this is where it's so lovely that our buildings really work together um, in that transition process because they know well prepared adults um, provide you know that great opportunity and, and great um, environment for students. So whether it's the student with an IEP, for example, we have special education teachers talking to special education teachers across buildings. We have principals communicating with principals. We have families that have an opportunity to have some early meetings in that process for their students with IEPs to kind of get some of that initial information and really think through what their transition means for their student. Um, When we kind of look across Um, students that have different kinds of needs. Again, adults are communicating, bringing in families. Um, There are certainly um, 
circumstances where students might have a specific need. Uh, there might be teachers, principals reaching out um, as school approaches to do a before school family meeting to kind of make sure that those pieces are in place. But the teams really do work hard to transition some of that information, um, but also to kind of get an idea of the students that are coming to them and know a little bit about them. So even in the first few days of school, they can make connections with kids um, in particular, all kids, right, it's super important. Um, but there are some students that just need that little bit of extra to make their transition smooth. And our teams work really hard to be aware um, and then to uh, afford those students the things that they need so their transition is as smooth as everyone else's. Is the process similar from the transition from 7th to 8th grade, Nicole? Very similar. Um, we have a good relationship with our 6th, 7th counselors, and we do meet with them and, and get some ideas of what support students would need, whether they're identified with an IEP or not. Um, and we then are comfortable reaching out, you know, when the fall starts, if we see a concern or worry that a student's having, and we'll, we'll call and get some information and see if something new that we can address. So we have great communication even after the transition happens. That's great to hear. And then I, w I would imagine it's very similar for the transition from ninth grade to 10th grade, Ashley. Absolutely. Yeah, very similar. And I think just um, being able to know that we can reach out to the counselors or administrators from the prior building to ask questions or, hey, what's worked for this student? How can we continue that support? Um, and I think as students move on to the high school, sometimes their relationship with their teachers change a little bit. So what that relationship may have looked like in elementary school with that teacher may look different in the high school, but just know um, the same kind of things that, that were happening there are also happening at the high school. You know, we're here for your student. We're listening. We're reaching out to you if, if we need if we need anything. So yeah. Absolutely. And so let, let's, let's transition and talk about academics uh, a little bit. And so from, from pre-K from pre through seventh grade, our parents are fairly used to a, a standard schedule um, that our, 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 our children experience. But then when we get into um, eighth and um, the eighth, ninth grade buildings, um, there may be opportunities for some uh, variety um, and choice uh, with regards to um, the type of courses that a, a child may choose. And so, Nicole, can you talk about um, what parents might expect from that transition from seventh to eighth grade with regards to choice in academics? Mm -hmm. uh, well, the great thing is, is we, with that bridge of eight, nine between six, seven, we do each year, they have a couple more options. So they get to choose whether they want to take French or Spanish when they go into eighth grade. So there's that choice. Um, do they want to continue with band, choir, or you know, none or both. And so those are our two choices they have. And then very early in eighth grade, we start talking to them about post-secondary topics, not necessarily college, but just what are the post-secondary options you have. And we start talking to them about their interests and where they see themselves. And then we start um, showing them the coursework that's available throughout the high school and just and hopefully inspiring them that if, no matter what you're considering doing or what your interests are, we've got something for you in the courses ahead of you. And so we kind of open up the floodgates a little bit from seventh to eighth grade then eighth grade to ninth grade. But then when we transition our kids from ninth grade to 10th, uh, 10th grade, our students and families have a lot more options, Ashley. And so yes. what does that look like for our students and families transitioning from 
ninth grade to 10th grade. Yeah, we really actually rely on our great resource that we have with Naviance and encourage students to use some of those interest inventories that they take with that. Um, that website and just being able to say like, if this is an area of interest, uh, we have a really great resource that we've created that kind of puts all of our electives into uh, career interest uh, clusters. So if you know that you're interested in programming or information technology, here is all of the classes that you can take. Um, and so students are kind of able to plan out that four-year plan based on maybe where their interests are. Or am I a student who's taking band, choir, in a foreign language, and I know I want to give myself space for a study hall or an open period? Um, and so you might not have an opportunity to take those, and that's okay. Um, but we just have a lot of conversations around, yeah, a, a class might last one semester, and so what's another class that you could take the opposite semester to try out? And an informed no, recognizing that you don't like something, is just as important as recognizing that you do like something, um, and just using your resources. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned uh, Naviance, and so for our listeners out there that may have um, sec- uh, uh, children that are in secondary uh, grades and they are not familiar with Naviance, could you... Over, do a, just a general overview of what Naviance is. Yeah. It's a college and career. Um, every student has their a profile. It's a college and career website that students uh, get to do a lot of investigating. Um, it's how we send transcripts. Students take profiles, answer questions, um, investigate schools and post-secondary options, um, and just really get to know themselves as a future professional. <laughs> and so for our parents out there, um, and you have children in high school um, and you haven't heard about Naviance, please talk to your child uh, today and ask them what their password is or go into the website with them to explore Naviance. If they don't have their password, um, please reach out to their counselor and they will help you uh, navigate that. Nicole, you had something to add? Yeah, and I, it does start as early as seventh grade um, using Naviance. And our eighth graders, one of our first touches with them in the fall is that what we call a queer cluster finder. And it starts very broad in terms of are you interested in, you know, health science? Are you interested in engineering. So we have some very broad career clusters and they can they can start that then and that parent account is available to them as soon as they technically have an account in Naviance. And that's a great place to have a safe conversation with your student that can open the door to some other conversations later. Absolutely. And so Bev, um, we've talked about post-secondary planning. And so just in general, can you tell our listeners, when we talk about post-secondary planning, what does that mean? Or what should it mean to our parents, to our kids um, that have uh, children in middle, actually in elementary, middle, and high school? So really post-secondary planning is all about what's my best life going to be after high school. And so thinking about what are my interests, what do I see myself doing, what what are my career aspirations? And so for some of our students, we're planning and preparing them and helping them transition to a four-year institution. For some of our students, we might be helping them uh, enroll in a two-year institution. We have a lot of emerging uh, careers now in the career and technical fields that um, have just so many opportunities that are very different um, than they were years ago. And so those post-secondary aspirations could be in the career and technical fields and helping them prepare for that. We have students who are um, proud to be part of our military. 
Um, and that's a, a great opportunity for them. And we have students who um, have other opportunities directly into the workforce. And so post-secondary is really all-encompassing. It's about what is my life going to look like after high school and how can I be best prepared to take that next step in my journey as an adult? Thank you. And Ashley, let's go back to Naviance real quick. And so if a parent does not have an account, what what should they do? So they can log into the website and I'm always like, just Google it. <laughs> just Google Naviance and you can go in um, and create your own account. And if they have one and they forgot the password, reach out to your school counselor. We can reset a password, send you that new email and activate that account for you. So you can really see all the things that your student is doing. But I love what Nicole said about sit alongside your student and have that conversation because you're you're going to get a lot further and learn a lot more if you're doing it with your student. Absolutely. And so um, for our listeners, if you weren't aware, um, for the past six months, um, uh, we've had a, a facility master plan committee meeting um, and talking about grade level configuration, boundaries um, of our district for the future. Um, currently, um, this committee is recommending a change to the grade level configuration. Um, currently, our buildings are K5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10, 12. The committee has recommended that we change it uh, um, to K5, 6, 8, 9, 12. With that recommended change, and that will be going to the board at the end of um, May uh, this year, one of the questions that has come up, um, Bev, is, um, you know, are our ninth graders mature enough or ready to be in the same building with 10th through 12th graders? And so, you know, what would you say, uh, how would you respond to that question? Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's a couple pieces to this. One, our ninth graders are participating in high school sports. Their teammates are high schoolers, their show choir friends, their band friends. They're interacting with our 10th through 12th graders, many of them on a daily basis. I think the other key component to this really is um, students are going to be successful if we have the structures and supports in place to meet where they are developmentally. So we know a lot about what helps a ninth grader be successful. And as we look at transitioning ninth grade into a different location, right, we are going to take those things that we know best serve and support our ninth graders and take them with the ninth graders. Mm -hmm. We're going to put those structures in place, the routines that they need, um, the additional supports for kind of that transition into my high school career, all of those things are integral in them being successful and they can be in the location they are now or they can go with our students um, to to a 9-12 building. Thank you. And so um, Ashley um, or Nicole, if the board um, does vote to approve this recommended grade, grade configure, configuration change from a counseling position, what are some of the positives with um, having uh, students in a 6-8 configuration? And what are some of the positives um, about having students, in, from a counseling perspective, having kids in a 9 through 12th grade configuration? So we'll start with the, the middle school configuration. So, Nicole, mm -hmm. in your opinion, what, what are some of the positives? I, th I think that 6th through 8th graders are very compatible as far as developmentally. Um, 
I there's when you're at an eight nine building, and if you've ever done drop off, you know, and you watch them walk in together, you will see students that look like seniors walking alongside students that look like they just left elementary school. There's such a discrepancy in their growth, and that happens at an eight nine building. So those many of those ninth graders are ready, you know, physically and and developmentally in many ways to to join the rest of the high school students and some and so. So those sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, they they do have a lot in common, and um, I think it, it would be benefit them to be together for three years and have those same people in their lives for three years without you know changing every yeah. two. Yeah. Ashley, from a, from a counseling perspective, you know, are there some advantages to having ninth through twelfth graders together? Yeah, so ninth grade is when your transcript starts. Really, is when you start putting things on that high school transcript, and so um, it does help to kind of have that same person in charge of all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we work really closely with our Northview uh, counterparts, but it's just nice to be able to have that consistency of who's tracking those things. Um, one thing that I really th- think is great about having students for four years in a building is that consistency. It's more opportunities to build connections. It's more opportunities to help as they grow and learn about themselves and their lives and what it might look like as they leave us. Um, and so I think it's an op- it's a great opportunity to keep consistency within their transcript, but also the connections and the relationships that we build. Thank you, Bev, Ashley, and Nicole for the great advice and insight on middle school and high school transitions. To learn more about Ankeny School's plans regarding grade level configuration and boundary changes, and also when we open our newest elementary school, Abbey Grove, in 24-25, please visit ankenyschools.org. Go to our district tab, and you'll find the Facilities Master Plan page. We posted answers to frequently asked questions, results of the committee's findings and recommendations, and we'll be posting the results of the Facility Master Plan survey that was open to the community for input. Also, you can watch the recorded webinar that introduced the committee's recommendations on the Ankeny Schools YouTube channel. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Let's Talk About It. Thank you for listening to the We Are Ankeny podcast, the official podcast of Ankeny Community Schools.